Dropping knowledge bombs all over the state of Alabama. Pew, 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 pew. Druid News Radio, Druid News Radio. Listen to us on Druid News Radio. Welcome to Truett News Radio. It's your weekly dose of gumption and positivity, for whatever that means. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Truett and Brock Murphy, probably the two coolest guys in the world, at least in their minds. Let it rip, fellas. It's oh. a glorious morning. Oh, we got gumption and we yes, got positivity. positivity. This is your dose of positivity for the week, right? Coming your way. Hey, who are you, by the way? I'm Tony Truett, Truett Insurance and Bonding. Thanks for listening to Truett News Radio this morning. Yeah, I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm, LLC. Love to help you out if you're a small business. Been selling some of those lately. Been doing a lot of stock sales and asset purchases. Uh, a lot of money floating around yeah, out and there. and if you're in construction, love to help you out with contracts or uh, collections, things like that. But, hey, this is Truett News Radio. That's what we do. Yes, and uh, cannot wait to get into all this. We got the uh, the new president at Spring Hill College, yeah. uh, Dr. Mary Van Brunt. And we checked out her digs uh, just a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we were down there. And uh, and we also I'm really fired up to hear about the little White House today over in yeah. Warm Springs, Georgia. Well, I was saying I, I, think, I think that that's a clip of history that will never be repeated. I don't think we'll ever have a location quite like the... The little white house there and uh, near Stone Mountain, Georgia, or not Stone Mountain, yeah. near uh, uh, Callaway Gardens. Yeah, I went there as a kid, and I remember uh, parts of it, so uh, I've been meaning to get back, but I have not done it, but I'm, but it's on the list. Yeah. Man, such good stuff going on. Uh, let's just jump into it. A- amazing week. Brock, we got recognized, sort of. Uh, I was out last week. We had our kids, uh, uh, what is it called, the, the Queen of Hearts dance was at their school. Which, so by the way, resulted in a pretty big honor to one of the boys. Yeah, uh, Vince, he was the, uh, he. I guess he was the sophomore class prince Ooh. of hearts because so, he was the biggest fundraiser. He uh, So that was awesome. Okay. And, right. uh, you know, he did good and got, uh, got in the lead out or whatever you call that thing. And, um uh, but all the kids did good. I think that I think they raised about twenty five thousand dollars for the oh, school wow. during that stuff. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, but uh, they were taking pictures beforehand, so we went yeah. over to the Grand Bohemian and uh, ended up having dinner. But uh, Steve Gann, the bartender okay. at the Grand Bohemian, super good guy, he came yeah. up and said he listens and is a big ninety nine five listener, but knew oh, our show. Nice. And I was excited that somebody he's one of the dozens that listened to us. Well, good morning to Steve Gann. Yes, uh, man, and, and he makes a he makes a mean drink too. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he does. What so, was the drink uh, but, of the but night? But we were eating dinner with the Spratleys, uh, so okay. we had a good time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a couple of uh, old fashions over there, oh, so uh, very good. good. Yeah, a little very bourbon. good. But uh, oh yeah, and um, what else here? Three colleges. Three colleges. Zach's into three now, so that's good. We got to start making some decisions on that. I was stuck in a in a continuing ed class for a lot of the week, so th- mm. it's almost like getting sprung from jail when yeah, you're out. I've never enjoyed right. the freedom of yeah, uh, yeah. being done with that. That was awesome. By the way, you you mentioned Zach got uh, accepted into three different colleges. I noticed yesterday uh, a, a little headline that caught my eye that I just thought. I had to shake my head a little bit because it sort of penalizes people who are on the go and and at it and quick to uh, send in their applications because right now 39 different universities and colleges have waived their application fee, and that includes Auburn, Alabama, UAB, Spring Hill College, the the University of Tampa, by the way, um, and – and uh, gosh, you're so, oh, 
There was one other that I was thinking about. Now nah, I've lost what it is. But 39 yeah. schools right now, if nah. you're still seeking to apply, they've dropped their application fees, so get them in. It's Again, it's something I've never thought about before until we actually were in the middle of having to do it. But, yeah. uh, God, there's a lot of stress and a lot of a lot of stuff goes into that. Well, I mean, that could have paid for a couple more drinks there at the yeah. Habitat with well, Steve Gann. Absolutely, which would have been fun. But, uh, hey, my niece Maggie Truitt, she had a birthday yesterday. Yeah. Uh, she lives up in Nashville now. And then my dad is hey. having his birthday tomorrow, who is 85 tomorrow so uh happy, happy birthday. birthday to the big shot yeah for sure yeah uh insanely busy week though we Ooh. got bonds popping all over the place uh a couple of 30 million dollar ones are coming in and then we've done some down to half a million uh but uh, got opportunities for a bunch coming up it's going to be great uh we're working on a big real estate group that owns a bunch of properties yeah uh working on a water board uh down in south alabama we got condo associations uh calling a lot so if you got a condo association uh, hit us and a bunch of other stuff but uh so much stuff i need some help man so oh, if uh okay if uh you're looking around and uh either on personal lines or commercial we need some help service and sales so uh give me a shout Hey, I saw a uh, a post that caught my eye the other day. It was, um, by the way, I don't know if you know if you know, but we're on in Mobile now, and Mobile has a commercial and industrial flooring contractor called Sanders Highland Corporation. Yeah, this was interesting. You yeah. were telling me about this. Yeah, and they, so it's a, their little Instagram is SHC Flooring. Uh, they posted about. Uh, a, a, a project going on in Cripple Creek, Colorado. Now, just to let everybody know, Cripple Creek, uh, in, just outside of Colorado Springs, is like Central City and Blackhawk, just outside of the city of Denver. And, and all of those were sort of these vintage uh, mountain towns. You know, you got an idea of what things looked like back in the 1800s where you'd sort of walk along that, that vintage uh, road and, and see these old shop saloons as they might have been back in the day. Uh, they were allowed to go to small stakes gambling years ago with the concept of, hey, that will attract tourists up into these mountain towns and keep them from essentially dying out. They can see things the way that they were, and it'll fund a little bit, uh, you know, of, of, uh, of the upkeep for these towns. But it was supposed to sort of stay vintage in the way that these old towns were. Well, clearly, uh, bringing the gambling in didn't stay small stakes, and clearly that concept you can expect didn't continue. And so Cripple Creek, Colorado right now, uh, this post by SHC Flooring, who we need to talk to, uh, they posted that they'll be working on the new Bronco Billy's Hotel and Casino in Cripple Creek. It's a $250 million yeah. project with 300 rooms, a four-star hotel. They were saying on, on two resting. floors alone, they're going to be installing eight different types of marble. So it's going to be right. upscale and no longer the kind of vintage little mountain yeah. town that once was. But it's really exciting kind of to see the uh, the scale uh, and nature of some of and these facilities going in these mountain towns. That's what I think of when I think of rustic as being wrapped in marble. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, uh, but I, I, I want to get them on. That's a cool project. And we'd like to hear more about yeah, it. I would too. Let's jump on into some more of this stuff. I was reading a national underwriter magazine cause somebody had to, yes. uh, saw where vehicle accident fatalities have dropped during the first nine months of 2022. That's as far as the info goes so far. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, remember there was a big spike in, even with COVID, sure. you had less people on the road, but yeah. a lot more fatalities cause mm-hmm. everybody was driving like 120 out there. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you've dropped that, but uh, still 31,785 people died in traffic. Ooh crashes that's a lot and uh but it's kind of interesting 24 states had a decrease increase in 25 and one remained the same who knew exactly the same yeah all right walmart testing out drone delivery didn't know all this was going on but uh, they've had 36 drone delivery hubs across seven states we are not one of them here in alabama florida is uh yes uh 
and home base of Arkansas and some other ones. But uh, they met, they safely made over 6,000 deliveries over the past year in as little as 30 minutes from when you ordered it. So that's wow. kind of cool. Kind of like Domino's Pizza used to be. Yeah, uh, I still remember that story where I still am convinced people are like getting bombed by big cheesers falling oh, on yeah, them. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like right, this, right, right. They don't even know. And all of a sudden a hot pie falls on them. But, yeah, uh, but they did. Sa- I love how they did put safely in the wording yes, there. They yes, safely right. delivered. So, uh, But they said 85% of the... Uh, percent of the items in a Walmart neighborhood market meet the 10 pound or less weight and volume requirements for drone delivery. So basically anything in the little grocery store could be brought to you by drone. Don't you think part of this is to make sure that old Freddie there at the Walmart neighborhood market doesn't get a little bit froggy and load that thing up with 11 pounds <laughs> worth of goods? You know, yeah. it's, uh, I, would, I, I don't really know that I care as far as uh, how I get it. I mean, yeah. d- I, guess, I just don't want to drop it upon my person. Yeah, I, I don't want to. And you, can you imagine that's got to cause some other problems with drones falling out of the sky yeah. as they're bringing stuff to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, but anyhow. it's been successful so far. Yeah, hey, congrats to Buckyball over at Sanford, man. They are sitting in first place in the SoCon yeah. heading into the weekend against VMI, who you Ooh. said is not very good. Yeah, they're one in fourteen, whereas Sanford, I think, is undefeated in conference, and so you you can expect or hope for another win. You know, bless the hearts that's of VMI, and I'm glad that they're out there. But well, yeah, this looks like a, another win for. Yeah, the everybody get out. And uh, support them, and I looked up too. Jelly is still even; he has been hurt a little and out, but he's still in fourth place in the scoring leaders over at UAB. So that's yeah, cool. Go uh, SEC media days were set July seventeenth to twentieth in Nashville, we but need not to tr- in Hoover. Not in Hoover. I know that that stinks, but uh, we need to get up and see if we can go to that. Uh, yeah, for sure. I have I've always been intrigued by this place, Marion Military Institute. Yeah, they sure. got a preview day coming up March thirty first. So anybody interested in that? But uh, that's like a two-year, I think, college. Uh, okay. But I, th- I think it has like a high school component. Too. I think it does. I don't too, know. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. But yeah. uh, I just I, th- I thought that was interesting. Anybody interested in, in checking it out? Though March thirty-first is when you can go down and look at it. Yeah, you can speak with the cadets there about campus life, get an idea of what it's actually like at Marion Military Institute. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our favorite restaurants, the Cantina, yeah. is making a comeback. That used to be over near Truett uh, World Headquarters yeah. and was one of my favorites. And then yeah, uh, I was it, sad to see it go, but now I'm thrilled it's coming back. Yeah, so it was at the Dr. Pepper place, and it's going to go into – it's ironic. You know, we – in fact, come meet us, please. After this, we tend to go to Seeds and grab a little uh, post-show debriefing coffee and, and eggs down at Seeds. And uh, it's just sort of across the parking lot of what most recently has been the Little London, which is well, across the street from. I want to go back to Seeds for a second. They have changed my perspective on how you uh, enjoy a strawberry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You know, you, I don't want a full strawberry no. anymore. I want them to to section it into five. Yeah, they slice like they it do. like fives. Yeah, and it, and you feel actually like you're having five strawberries, but it's just one. It's, it's way better. And I and yeah, and I'm dissatisfied when somebody gives me a whole strawberry. In fact, I kind of push back from the table and wait for somebody to come slice it. Yeah, I, I don't really do that. But you, 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 they spoil you. Incredibly, you do think that that sliced strawberry is five. I don't know what it is <laughs> psychologically. Uh, but anyway, uh, across the parking lot is what most recently was Little London, and they they made a go of it, but weren't able to make it work out. We were talking about way back in the day. We used to go to Southside Cafe. Yeah, loved it. Which was right near your world headquarters. Yep. Now that's a, um, gosh, I guess that's the uh, sushi bar now, right? Uh, that uh, was right there at the corner in Lakeview. Um, but uh, that Southside Cafe moved over to uh, what was the, the building that Little London was most recently in and what will become iCantina. Now, iCantina was at Dr. Pepper Place. They're uh, the spinoff store of Soli Luna, which at one time was also right there in Lakeview. Uh, it's where Jack Brown Burgers is now. And uh, Soli Luna has now moved to Lane Park. 
I Cantina is going into where Little London is. But my question becomes, 10 minutes later after I've started this little story, are they going to do the same building or are they finally going to tear down that building that hasn't worked for any other restaurant and build their own? Because they're right across from GM Pizzeria in West Homewood. Things are really changing. In fact, there's an Econo Lodge uh, right on the other side of Nexus Fitness, which is right there, that apparently is going to shut down and become a new uh, commercial project. Two local eateries that people might know about are planning to go into the new project. One of those is Paramount Burger. Uh, Paramount, yeah, which, you know, they've got all the video games downtown, really good burgers and bar. And then El Barrio, which is a very, very big hit on 2nd Avenue, uh, that Mexican restaurant. They're planning to go uh, and join Paramount there in West Homewood in the uh, soon-to-be-renovated Econo Lodge uh, facility or or Econo Lodge location. So a lot of interesting things happening in West Homewood. And by the way, uh, you know, we mentioned Soli Luna. Uh, It moved from Lakeview. It's now in the Lane Park area. Right, which is an awesome development, by the way. Well, uh, we, I have some friends who did who have done Sun's Donuts. Uh, they they also have um, Big Spoon Creamery, uh, but their Sun's Donuts concept is also in Lane Park. They moved there recently from Avondale, and they were real excited about their friends who just opened up a brand new taco restaurant called Ladybird Tacos there in Lane Park. So a lot of things going on at Lane Park, including uh, sharing essentially almost a parking lot with your Grand Bohemian. Yeah. Uh, again, I love that development. I think they did a great job with that. But, uh, hey, uh, Oak Mountain Amphitheater, they are doing the uh, VIP box sales right now. If you want to get a box for you or your company, uh, get in touch with Dana Smaha. It's uh, Dana Smaha. That's it. It's S-M-A-H-A. Dana Smaha at LiveNation.com, and she can get you. We've had a box out there for years years and years and love going out. It's a blast. So far, uh, they've announced, I think, James Taylor and Robert Plant. And Allison Krause are coming. Uh, yeah. Matchbox, Max, yeah, Matchbox, Matchbox 20, 20 yeah, is yep. coming. And as they mentioned a few others that they can't announce yet. But uh, it's going to be a good season out there. So do that. Well, and if you do that, right, it gets you in line for new seats at the new venue at the there new place, at Caraway, yeah. Which, by the way, is one step closer to reality. The BJCC Board of Directors approved just this week the purchase of 13.4 acres for $2.9 million dollars. And that's where this amphitheater will be placed upon. Uh, it looks like it's going to be about a $50 million project overall. But the venue is going to seat about 9,000 people in a brand new, yeah, it's gonna be cool little location right there uh, in Uptown. Hey, I saw Wawa's coming into the state, uh, but they really are coming into yeah. the state, apparently. Uh, yeah. I thought it was going to be like a, a test drive with sure. one, but they've already jumped in. They've got four spots uh, picked out in Baldwin County, Daphne, Fairhope, and Robertsdale, and yeah, two yeah. over in Mobile. And then I saw they got, they're already looking at other sites in Mobile, but uh, each one of these things is going to be about six and a half million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a great pickup. Have and hope they come. Wawa- so what's different about Wawa? Do you know? And it's nice. Uh, I've, I went to one in Florida and um, I, I mean, it was, I was, I was in a hurry getting gas. Sure, so sure. I ran in and out, but uh uh, I'm interested to find out what the attraction yeah. is, but they have a loyal following at those places. Well, at six point, and, and obviously one of the things they're swinging at, I'm going to guess, is Bucky's, right? Which yeah. is out there just claiming all the headlines of, as sort of this generation Stuckies. Um, but if I think about Wawa, and I think about six point five million dollar investments per location, that does seem like a lot of money, but not enough that it would seem to be. Uh, a facility the size of or the nature or volume or or uh, or breadth of commerce that a typical Bucky's is. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just not that big. It's kind of a different thing, but I, they may have their own food stuff too. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out yeah, as it comes sure. in. This, this falls under just the myriad of topics we cover every week, but I'm fascinated by it all the time. The wild hog population by state. 
Uh, I saw an article on this. They uh, some estimates have uh, that we have as many as nine million of these things in the U.S. out, you know, running yeah. around. Uh, they're in as many as forty of the fifty states. Wow! Uh, and they were brought here apparently by the Spanish. Oh, when they were coming as the explorers and all, yeah. they would they would let loose. Uh, well, you because know. bacon. Well, they did. So they so other yeah. explorers would have a food source when they came. I thought that was kind of interesting, oh, but interesting. then it's turned against us. It's yeah. like kudzu. Yeah, you know. So these things have kept running around and breeding, and they breed incredibly fast, by the way. But uh, they uh, Alabama was on the list. We're at number ten. Okay, yeah. we, they said we have about two hundred fifty thousand of these things out oh, tearing up ground and grief. being a problem. Well, um, and, and you, you can get a license to hunt them, I'm sure, right? I mean, we're trying to get into population control, I'm going to guess. Texas, Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas Louisiana. had the most. They got yeah. three million of them out Good there. Uh, but they're going everywhere. Uh, Hawaii has some, South Carolina, they're all <laughs> over the place. But nine million in the country and 250,000 here at home. How'd they get over to Hawaii? Uh, I guess they dropped them off over there, too. Uh, I didn't know the Spanish found Hawaii. I don't know that the Spanish did, but that Captain <laughs> Cook did that, you, that explored yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, you know, when he first showed up, they thought he was a god. Okay, Ooh, so yeah. they, they loved Captain Cook. But then yeah. they, he, he stayed for a while, and then he left. And then when he was coming back, his ship had got damaged in a storm, Ooh. and so it came back not looking the same. And they yeah. said, "You're no god," so yeah. they ate him. Oh, well, that was yeah. A bad How about that for a story, Captain Cook? I didn't. I, somehow they didn't teach that to us in second grade. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. You know, go back under the credibility thing. Well, uh, yeah. Probably it's, need somebody that studied it a little bit more than me. Well, we think that that's the case. Hey, <laughs> I'm going with it. It's a good story. One of the good local resources that we have here in this city is the Exceptional Foundation, right? Uh, just do really, really good things there in Homewood for folks uh, with, with all types of, uh, of, of challenging conditions, uh, Down syndrome, things like that. And they're having their 19th annual chili cook-off. Uh, they've announced that that's coming up here on March 4th. So be sure to, to put that on your calendar to go out and support the Exceptional Foundation's chili cook-off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline with Dr. Mary Van Brunt. Oh, Dr. Mary. Hello. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. We're excited that you're joining us. Uh, I am fired up to hear to talk some Spring Hill College. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mary, yeah. is uh, is that what we should be calling you or uh, no. the boss? Or what, are, what do you like Mary. to be called? Just call you Mary, huh? Just call me Mary. Thank you. All right. Well, again, thanks so much. You are the... Uh, the new president down at Spring Hill College in Mobile, which we were just at a couple of weeks yeah, back, right. and it's a beautiful place. Oh, that sure. Avenue of the Oaks is spectacular. Oh, um, you know, we, we can't wait to kind of hear your journey to get there. Um, well, we toured into the, uh, the the church there, too, right outside the library, and, of course, it looks as though that thing wasn't built just a couple decades ago. That's got some <laughs> uh, some history to it. And, and as it turns out, I think we're correct. Aren't you all the – the uh, state's oldest higher education institution? We are. We are the state's oldest higher education. We are the third oldest Jesuit college in the country oh, wow. and the fifth oldest Catholic college in the country. Oh, wow. So we, we have been around since 1830. Well, what's amazing, you were the first female president in that entire span. Uh, so that's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations well, to you. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, tell us kind of how, you know, how y'all came together and how you ended up in Mobile. So, sure. I, I will tell you, uh, first I'll just tell you what attracted me to Spring Hill and then what I found when I got there. So I am actually from South Jersey and have lived in Philadelphia area for for quite a while now. But when I was looking at Spring Hill, it was really uh, first and foremost, I would say the Jesuit mission. I've been in Catholic higher ed for 20 years now. 
And so I was really looking for, for a Catholic school. But the Jesuits are just known for academic excellence and rigor. And they have found a way to embrace that Catholic identity and marry it with, with excellent academic programs. So that, that really attracted me. Uh, the location, you know, I was ready to turn in the snow shovel for some wow. warm weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, the location. And, you know, really, I was looking for a place that could use my skill set. And I spent my first decade in banking and accounting. I'm a, an accountant okay. and financial and a- analyst. So looking for where I could escape, use that skill set. <laughs> so that's what, you know, attracted me to Spring Hill. But I'll tell you what, what really did it was when I came to campus. And you're absolutely right. It's a beautiful campus. Oh, yeah. But it's really the people. The people there are so committed um, to the success of the students, and it's all focused on the students, and they really live the mission every day. So uh, it was, when I came for the campus interview, I was sold, and I haven't been disappointed. Like, people are amazing. Oh, well, i tell you what. I mean, we're thrilled to have you in the state and can't wait yeah, to see the good sure. things you do. Now, y'all have a, a – you've hit the ground running. Uh, there's a lot going on down there right now. Uh, Senator Shelby got you, uh, what is it, $35 million to to help with stuff? What You know, how's uh-huh. how's that going to work or how, what are your plans for that? And then uh, you also – there's a movie that's shooting on campus down there. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so yeah, I didn't know that was that was public knowledge. But um, so well, first, I'll I'll start with the the thirty five million, and you know that was a, a federal appropriation, and uh, we're very excited about it because we're using it to develop um, really a state of the art health and science innovation building, and it's really focused on our nursing programs, um, our pre med, and our our sciences. And we are the number one school, ranked the number one school in the state for our nursing program. Wow. And really want to expand the opportunity for that and other health sciences to help address the shortage of healthcare workers and the healthcare disparities in our community. And that was uh, the, per- the reason why we put our proposal in was we want to be part of the solution. And there are tremendous work workforce shortages in the healthcare fields and in the STEM fields. So we are very excited about that, and that is something we're, we're working on right now. Um, and then, as you mentioned, I did hit the ground running. I said to my team, I want to meet everybody I can and really immerse myself in the community and start building relationships. So I've been there six weeks now, and I've met uh, the Mobile community leaders, the higher education leaders, uh, our Chamber of Commerce, the Catholic community leaders, the Jesuit community. Um, I've been off campus meeting our amazing alumni and and then on campus, just really getting to know the Spring Hill College traditions, the students, the faculty, the staff. So uh, it's been busy, but it's been great so far. Well, I'll tell you on the staff, uh, Taloria Crenshaw that, yeah, that helped right, us right. arrange this. She's fantastic. <laughs> uh, really enjoyed uh, talking with her. She's she's a good one. She is so, and I, I will say uh, we did have uh, a movie shoot on campus, and uh, Taloria, you know, arranged it. And she, Taloria and I actually got to do a little <laughs> spot on it. So, oh, nice! Like, oh, man, how about that? <laughs> And you'll see Taloria and I, but um, 
you know, and the film crew were great, and they just loved the campus. And you, you can't not love the campus. And as you mentioned, the chapel is probably one of my favorite places on campus. And, That's beautiful. Uh, you're you're in there, and you do feel transported back in time. I think. We're on the air right now with Dr. Mary Van Brunt, the president of Spring Hill College. And by the way, you are listening to Truett News Radio. But we're uh, just really excited about Spring Hill College. And, it, and it's interesting, as you mentioned, you know, you hit the ground running and you uh, you sit there and think, well, what, you know, what, what all sits within the scope of the president of a college? And it really is a lot of layers as you're talking about. You've got to go do uh, the introductions and meet the alumni and you've got to meet with the churches around there and I mean, what, what, what's been the thing so far that you found kind of the most rewarding as you've had your, your uh, the closure to your first six weeks? Oh, well, I, I would have to say it's really seeing and getting to know the students and seeing how we have, our education has been transformational for them. You know, I mentioned to someone that my, my favorite day of the year is commencement because you get to watch the students walk across the stage and see how they've grown over their four years. And, you know, we really live the mission, the Jesuit mission of Cura Personnelis, which is educating the whole person, the the mind, the the heart, the spirit. And I really see that. And getting to know the students, that's why we're there. And, you know, some days are, you know, are harder than others, but it's meeting the students, watching them grow, seeing the traditions that I'm just starting to be a part of. Sure. And that's why we're there. And so that has been probably the most rewarding. And then when I've met the alumni, I've been traveling to meet some of our alumni in St. Louis and Miami and Mobile so far, and they love their time at Spring Hill. I mean, they can't talk enough about how what an impact it had on their lives. So that. That has been probably, to me, the most rewarding part. Well, you know, uh, my kids go to John Carroll here in Birmingham, and uh, I've learned there's there's kind of a little pipeline forming, if if, there, if it didn't already exist, uh, heading down to, to Spring Hill now. So uh, it's interesting, you know, seeing who all's going down there from Birmingham. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm actually headed to Birmingham next week. Oh, <laughs> to, come see us. Uh, we're going to meet with... Yeah, I go with my VP for enrollment and, and our advancement office, and we go, and we meet alumni, and we're going to see some high schools. And we're really trying to uh, branch out, and we are the only Catholic college in Alabama. So, you know, for those students that are, are looking to continue that Catholic education, uh, we want to make sure they understand that Spring Hill is here and I think what a lot of people don't know is we really provide one of the most affordable, accessible uh, education in higher ed in the country right now. And we award over $21 million in scholarships and grants. And, you know, I think sometimes people think, oh, Spring Hill, I can't afford it. But you really can. So we're trying to make sure we, we get that word out there as well. We noticed, or I, I noticed a headline the other day that uh, 39 different uh, colleges and universities have waived their application fee. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that Spring Hill is part of that initiative. So this might be a great time to do that. But I know that when we were on the campus, uh, one of the things that was really interesting to me was apparently there's a very curious pipeline of, of uh, students who come down to Spring Hill College from St. Louis, Missouri. Is that correct? Well, and what was the other one? Chicago? Was it Chicago? Yeah, it was just kind of an unusual. I mean, yeah. it, it's fantastic, but curious. Well, and, you know, I thought the same thing, but I was out in St. Louis and um, headed to Chicago, too. And I will say there are pockets 
in the country that um, are have a real strong Catholic community, and mm. that their their grandparents went there, and their parents went there, and all five brothers and sisters wow. went there, and it is it's such a got such a strong reputation. Um, again, for the excellence in the academics, and these alumni are extremely successful. And so, you know, it was amazing meeting the St. Louis group. They were they were fantastic. And we have a contingent down in Miami, oh, wow. and we're headed to Chicago, and we have uh, Dallas, and uh, believe it or not, Cincinnati. And there's there's That's different great. pockets in the country that love Spring Hill, and they have really again sent their families there and so they're well well established so yeah that's it's been great you know one of the one of the things that's uh, been the most fun of doing this show is is has been talking to the people with the oh, universities sure. around the state and kind of learning about them and little tidbits like that another little tidbit and i don't i don't know that that you may know this and i don't know that i have it right but i think this is right i read somewhere that uh, Spring Hill has the oldest continuously used baseball stadium in the country. Is that right, or do you know if that's right? That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is definitely correct. And um, and they've had some famous people play on it, um, like Hank Aaron, Dave Bruce. Oh, wow. So oh, man. That is definitely correct. I actually spent uh, a little time for with our baseball team. It was their first day of practice. So I was out on the field talking with the coach, watching them. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be a great team so, this year. So that that's definitely a little piece of our history. Real quick, I, for folks who are listening in and, and uh, have, have become curious or are already curious about Spring Hill, what is the, uh, in, in terms of student life, what's the size of the, uh, of the student population or the student classes? So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about Spring Hill. Uh, we have about 1,100 students right now, undergraduate, and uh, they are completely immersed, I would say, in all areas of the college. You know, we have, uh, in in addition to all our rigorous academic programs, we have 19 NCAA Division II athletic teams. So a lot of students are involved in the sports. We have Greek life they're involved in, Student Government Association. Um, I mean, they are really engaged, and that has been great to see. It's a vibrant campus, so they're really enjoying their time. We have students from 31 states and over 30 different countries. Wow. And I would say one of the my favorite things is our student-faculty ratio remains really low, so this faculty really know the students. And when you walk across campus, everybody knows each other by name, so students can't hide. <laughs> That's, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. A, a good and a bad and you know we actually just got our our latest um, survey that everybody does but in our May 2022 graduates 92 percent of them were either employed or in graduate school I'm sorry 96 percent last year was 92 96 percent were um, either employed or in graduate school within six months of graduation and that is with 98% of our students answering that survey. So, you know, that's really um, some great news for us. So they get an incredible education um, that's transformational, and then they go out and they secure the jobs and the, the, you know, careers, and I think 100% of our pre-med students get into medical school. Yeah, that's amazing. 
It is. It, it really is an absolutely uh, amazing place. Well, hey, we've got to run, uh, but thank you so much for getting up early and uh, and being on yeah, with us this sure. morning. Uh, I think it's I think it's been fascinating. You got a oh, beautiful place sure. down there, and I know you're going to do a good job. Yes. Well, thank you. It was great to meet both of you, and uh, let me know if you're back on campus so I can meet you in person. Yeah, we'll come absolutely. bug you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, if you want any more information about Spring Hill, please go to shc.edu. Thank you, and have a great day. All right, have a great weekend. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Mary Van Brunt, the president of Spring Hill College. And, uh, boy, I I was curious and uh, didn't realize that that nursing and and medical is among their strengths down there from an academic perspective. And I love how they, you know, talk about we're going to improve every portion of the students. So really good things happening down there in Mobile. Oh, man, it's great. Uh, Hey, let me tell you about Truett Insurance and Bonding for a second. Uh, I mentioned a lot of the stuff, but we've been insanely busy – the, or the, this year and in the last year a little but uh man trade contractors if we can help you out you know hvac electrical plumbing uh anything like that we would love to do it i, I mentioned uh, condo associations earlier if you're involved in one of that and need some help we would love to but uh anything home and auto business and uh we do a lot of bonding you know uh, bid performance and payment bonds for contractors all that stuff so uh keep us in mind truitinsurance.com yeah do it with truit yeah brought my friend valerie leonard uh with ever ever thrive financial uh congrats to her she was included again in the forbes top women best in state wealth advisors list for 2023 but this is amazing the women on that list manage assets of about 2.3 trillion dollars that's with a t T, yeah t that's a lot well i went back in the time machine a little bit looked at uh, February 17th in history just to see what was going on and a few interesting things uh, kind of caught my eye N- not typical in 1691 right 60 that's before 1700 a fellow named Thomas Neal he was granted an English patent are you ready for this you know Did what it, it was for the American postal system huh interesting that's kind of a curious concept to patent in 1776 which I think is an ironic year given the the subject matter Edward Gibbon, uh, he put the uh, bow on and published the first volume of his seminal work, which was The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire in 1776. And, of course, we know that that was the year that we declared independence from another uh, empire that was slowly starting to break apart, and that would be the British Empire. We need to wonder about our own. 1924, Johnny Weissmiller, he set the uh, the world record for the 100-meter freestyle in Miami, right? Johnny Weissmiller. Now, a couple things about that. First of all, Eight years later, he goes on to star in Tarzan the Ape Man, which was the first of 12 films that he played Tarzan in. So that's sort of interesting in and of itself. But but his record in 1924 was that he swam the 100 free in 57.4 seconds. Now, I looked up uh, the most recent record. What is it today? And first of all, I think it's interesting that it's a Romanian. I didn't know that Romanians were particularly strong swimmers, but David Popovici, uh, back in last August, Popovici, uh, he set the current record of 46.86 seconds, which is uh, more than 10 seconds shaved from Johnny Weissmiller's uh, record back in 1924. So just interesting to see how uh, the evolution of the sport and, you know, fast pools, et cetera, and then some of the uh, the, 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 the goggles and the concepts of how we're going to do that stroke have shaved off more than 10 seconds from that world record. Now, this is something else I discovered, which is interesting. The first four Olympics, Summer Olympics, did not have their swimming events in pools. In mm. fact, the first one was uh, the Athens Olympics. They did it in the Mediterranean Sea. And then in 1900... Uh, the, the Paris hosted the, the Summer Olympics, and they swam in the Seine River there in northern France. 
And then in 1904, do you know who hosted in 1904? Wouldn't that the be the scene? The scene? Oh, it would be yeah. the scene? I think okay. it's the scene. Well, there you go. We're not the credible. The scene. Maybe that's it. <clears throat> the scene, the scene, the yeah. sign. But it's I think in- we're going to start our own little uh, little thing on here just where it, we speak in different yeah. languages. Yeah, we're going to do Latin yeah. next. Yeah, we're going to learn right. it. Uh, 1904, you know who hosted? Do you want to know? Do you want to know? Tell me. St. Louis, Missouri, and they just used an artificial lake. They didn't build a pool, mind you. They built an artificial lake, and that's where they had the swimming events. And then in 1906, it went back to Athens, and they swam once again in the Mediterranean Sea. But just kind of interesting things. We go back into history, all based on yesterday in history, February 17th. How about that? I'm going to hit you with a couple of insurance facts. Oh, uh, th- this first one is from IA Magazine. But 2022 was the second consecutive year in which the estimated insured losses totaled yeah. more than $100 billion. So that means uh, that uh, premiums will go up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, it continues a trend of 5% to 7% of increases, uh, according to the report in there. So, uh, yeah, I would I would think uh, premiums will be going up because yes. of that kind of stuff. And yeah. you don't realize how all this stuff adds up. It affects everybody, but it does. Well, and then, we, yeah, when you, pay, when you pay out, I mean, it's all based on, on models. I mean, well, insurance companies are in the business of being a company, right? And going on to this second one actually adds more to that. Uh, according to a report in Insurance Journal from Dwayne Morris Law Firm, 2022 yeah. was a banner year for class action plaintiffs with 15 settlement agreements going over the $1 billion mark. Yeah. So uh, that sets a new all-time record for that, too. Yeah. Now, l- let me ask you, does that mean each of the 15 were themselves over a billion or that the 15 combined to be a billion? No, it's 15 singular $1 billion. Oh, things, my gosh. The way that was I even worse it. than I thought it was. Yeah. Good heavens. That's, that's, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. Jeez. Or what they were trying to say or what I am trying to say. Yeah. How about that? Uh, how about the Colorado River, man? The two major yeah. reservoirs. You know, they've had a huge drought out there for like a couple of decades, really. But yeah. uh, this La Nina pattern reversed itself somehow, and they yeah. thought it was going to be dry, but then it dumped it's like not. a tremendous amount of snow and Bomb rain cyclones. out there. Uh, but uh, everything is is getting uh, getting it all back at once, too. So that's interesting. Yeah, it, it looks like the uh, the snowfall at the Colorado ski resorts is up between 120 and 140 percent of normal. In Utah, it's actually 170 percent of normal. They're getting even better snow. And of course, as that melts off in the spring, that becomes things that fill the local rivers that eventually get, for example, to your Lake Powell. So they're expecting finally uh, the levels to rise in Lake Powell here this summer. Yeah, well, let's go back to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline and talk with Jason Grantham. Very Jason, very interesting subject here. Hello, Jason. Good morning. How are you? Oh, man, everything's great. And we appreciate you being part of this show, man. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, now, you are the assistant historic, is it site manager at uh, Roosevelt's Little White House in Warm Springs, Georgia, which I have been to, but yeah. it's been a long time. Uh, but I'm really curious about uh, a refresher course from you on what all you got over there. Yeah. All right. Well, um, FDR uh, in 1921 contracted polio at the age of 39. And for the next three or four years, he tried everything in the world to find a cure for polio and tried everything he could and couldn't find it. So a gentleman told him about the warm springs here, and uh, he come here and, and swam in the water and got some relief. It didn't cure him, but it gave him some relief. And so he decided to buy the place. Uh, he spent... Uh, oh, so he actually owned it. Yeah, I didn't realize that. He bought uh, the Merriweather Inn and 1,200 acres here, um, which um, was a huge resort at the time. Uh, it was kind of falling into disrepair, um, but uh, he decided to turn it into the first uh, polio institute in the world. Oh, wow. 
How how many people? I mean, were people like you know coming there for the for the purposes before him? I mean, was it you know were people going there to seek out treatment? and He just heard about it. No, nobody was coming here for treatment. It was just a resort. Um, one young man had came here that had some uh, muscle problems and got relief, and so the owner of the Meriwether Inn knew FDR and told him to come try it. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. And so, again, it wasn't curative. It just sort of helped It helped him to control some of the pain and symptoms arising out of polio, correct? Right. This was the first time he was able to stand in four years when he came here and got in this water. Oh, wow. Now, that is interesting. So it was so restorative. Yeah. Times the buoyancy of ocean water. Well, I, I mean, he was such a dominant figure in American history. So, uh, but so from that time he started going, he came. You know, how often would he have come there? He came here forty-one times in total. Um, sometimes it would be for a week or two at a time. Sometimes a month or so. Well, and it's called the uh, it's called Roosevelt's Little White House, and so uh, one would surmise that at some point during his presidency, he went there and would conduct some presidential business from right there in Warm Springs, Georgia. Correct. Correct. This was not just a vacation home. This was a working home. He came here and ran the country from Warm Springs. That isn't that is incredible. I was saying I, I think that uh, that you are a site manager of a location that may never be duplicated. I don't think we'll ever have. Uh, th- that type of a location performing that type of function again in history? Probably not. The neat part about the little White House is is that as soon as he passed away, they closed it up. So everything here is original. He owned it. Oh, wow. So it's left just like it was when he passed away here. Yeah, and uh, how far is uh, Warm Springs is what? It's less than an hour kind of from Auburn-Opelika area? I think so, yes, sir. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, from like from where we are in Birmingham, man, it's an easy trip down there, and yeah, uh, sure. uh, really from anywhere in the state, everybody ought to check it out. And if I remember right, uh, now y'all have a. They were doing, I think, a portrait of him when he died. Uh, so there's a like a half finished portrait y'all have, isn't that right? Correct. He was sitting for a portrait on April twelfth, nineteen forty five. He had just come from Yalta conference and was trying to recuperate, as he usually did when he came here. That's why he came, was to recuperate and relax. And uh, Madam Elizabeth Shumatov was a Russian artist. She came here to paint him, and he was sitting for that portrait on the 12th when he collapsed of a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, boy. And she just packed up that painting and never put another brushstroke on it after he collapsed. Oh, that is interesting. And, I, and, and that's featured there on display at the facility? It is. Um, last year, um, a gentleman purchased the three studies that uh, Elizabeth Schumantoff did the days leading up to that portrait um, so that FDR could pick a background. And he purchased those at auction and put them here on this site. So they're now around the actual unfinished portrait. Oh, wow. That's neat. Yeah. Well, uh, what, uh, what other things are there to do there? Well, our museum houses hundreds of different artifacts that either belong to the president or were given to us soon after his death. Um, there's two of his cars. The last car FDR ever drove still has the hand controls in it here in our museum. Oh, wow. Well, a large the- walking cane display that people from all over the country and the world sent him walking canes. We have those on display. Um, and even an original carriage that FDR acquired when he purchased the Meriwether Inn is in our museum. Yeah, that is that really is fascinating. It's a it's an, an interesting detour uh, into the past. Are, are there any sort of uh, uh, documents or trinkets that kind of give you an idea of uh, some of the business that he conducted there as the president? Um, well, we we try to mostly concentrate on him, the person. You know, Hyde Park has most of the presidential stuff. 
And we do have a few things in the museum that uh, are from the White House. We have a mailbag and um, a few letterheads from the, little, from the actual White House. But most everything was just bought or purchased here or given to them as a gift. Yeah, that is, that really now, is. And the uh, does the state of Georgia own this, or who who operates this now? So the Department of Natural Resources does run it for the state of Georgia. Um, FDR left the little White House and the surrounding property to the state of Georgia in his will. Otherwise, it would be a national park. Okay, that's it. Well, so, so, I mean, do, do you benefit somewhat from uh, donations from the public in order to go to your operating costs? Absolutely. Um, we also have a Friends of the Little White House, which is part of Friends of Georgia State Parks, and they're our 5013C, and uh, they they actually uh, do most of the uh, donation collection for us. Okay, that's yeah. good. How long, how long does, like, a, a, a tour last, or, did you know, is there, like, a guided tour? Do people just kind of wander around, or what happens? So we do have guided tours, generally on Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and those are an hour and a half guided tours. Um, if you do a, a, a solo tour or a non-guided tour, it'll take anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how fast you read and what all you want to look at. If I'm not mistaken, uh, for folks who, you know, again, are, are throughout the state of Alabama and considering visiting, isn't uh, Warm Springs somewhat close to Callaway Gardens, just as a point of reference? It is. We're not too far from Callaway, probably 30, 40 minutes at the most. Okay. I got you. Well, um, I, I'm just. I'm, Roosevelt State Park is is right down the road from us. They have cabins and campsites, so it's kind of convenient to stay there and then come here for the day. Well, I'm like I'm like Brock was saying. I mean, it's just a fabulous little piece of history that I just think a lot of people don't really realize is that oh, close yeah. to us. You know that uh, people need to check out. But I'm also interested in uh, in what you do. How did you get your job? I mean, how did you uh, uh, stumble into all this? Well, I started as a part-time tour guide and just fell in love with the place. Uh, moved into maintenance and became a maintenance supervisor and then moved up into the assistant manager position. I was born and raised here in the area, so I've been going to the state park my whole life. Uh, we're, by the way, you are listening to Truett News Radio, and we're on the air right now with Jason Grantham, the assistant historic site manager at Roosevelt's Little White House. Um if 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 folks want to uh, come out there, is, is there a price for admission out there? And uh, I mean, how does it work once you get there? All right, so we have an admissions uh, office, and the admissions is generally twelve dollars for adults, ten dollars for seniors, and seven dollars for youth six to seventeen. Children under six are free. Um, our guided tours that are provided on Saturday and Sunday mornings are twenty dollars a head. And like I said, those are ranger-led guided tours. Um, you get a personalized tour with a ranger. Um, and we do large groups. We prefer you make a reservation if you're only going to have a, over 20. Well, that's just a fascinating yeah. site. Look, one quick question, too, like on uh, talking about him getting treatment. Was it a place that, uh, you know, he was, I guess, by himself or were other, like, you know, was the public there with him? Or how did that happen well, there was public here with him. A lot of children in the area swam with him. A lot of children from all over the country swam. There's lots of videos around that have him in the pool with children. And we've had people come through here that say they swam with FDR as a kid. I, curiously, too, uh, Jason, it, uh, it, are the Warm Springs open to the public now to be able to swim in, or, or has that whole thing been shut down and it's basically all just a historic matter now? 
So in 2013, we had to drain the pools for the last time. The bottoms were cracked so bad that they were unable to hold water anymore. Okay. Um, there is a basin there that has the spring water that, that guests can uh, put their hands in. But I am happy to announce that starting sometime this year, they're going to begin construction of uh, restructuring those pools and getting where we can put water back in them. So Good. hopefully by the end of the year or maybe early next year, we'll have water back in them. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Yeah, right. Because I would imagine if it was restorative well, it back be. then, it's restorative today too, right? Correct. Now, it, it was restored back in, the, I believe, the 90s, but it was just a cosmetic fix and not a, uh, not a uh, structural fix. So this time they're looking at a way to preserve it for the next hundred years. So when they get it done this time, it'll be a lasting fix. Yeah, that's fantastic news, honestly, because it just seems like if people uh, were able to benefit from those waters back in the day, now they'll be able to do it today as well with the additional historic concept and context of, you know, a former president did the same thing. Well, and uh, I mean, not only that, uh, basically uh, the the only four kind of term or elected uh president oh, sure. in, in u.s history so uh there is that'll never be you know replicated so uh amazing place is right here in the south near us uh but jason we gotta we're gonna have to wrap up but uh what would you like to say in closing well i would like to say that we do have a um monthly bulletin and if you want to sign up for that uh, it's an email bulletin just go to little underscore white underscore house at dnr.ga.gov and uh, just put your email address in there. We'll be happy to add you to that list. It has all of our calendar events and different articles every month about the president. Well, okay. we sure do want to encourage everybody to get on down there to Warm Springs and, and I'm just going back. digest a little part of a really, really interesting point yeah. of, of American history. That would never happen today. No. I mean, you would never have a president, I don't think, no. uh, in a wheelchair or any of that. No. But, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, just amazing that, that all that went on and uh, uh and it's, it sounds great that all that's getting restored the right way too yeah that's a fact yeah well jason again thank you so much for uh for being part of the show well thank you guys for having me i sure appreciate it all right enjoy Absolutely. your weekend yeah thank that, you too that was jason grantham the assistant historic site manager at roosevelt's little white house brock we're we're uh we're adding up quite a list of things that we need to go yeah see and we do are and uh we could stop there on the way to I stuckies know, i know it's gonna be great uh we need to get down and plan all this stuff out but uh hey congrats to mj harris construction they're uh yeah. kicking off the new project down in foley the uh south baldwin regional hospital it's the biggest expansion uh, in the hospital's history, yeah. so they're going to finish that up in early 2025. But it's really fantastic. Uh, yeah, it, it's a good-looking project and another uh, good state company doing some stuff. You have a cool picture here of a Costco in uh, South LA. I'm fascinated by all this stuff that uh, just development and construction. But uh, out in uh, a developer getting creative, they got—I yeah. think it's a five-acre site—and they're putting a Costco on it. But this is like in heavy use Los Angeles sure. out there. So uh, they're putting the Costco on the corner, but the twist on this is they got, what is it? 800, 800. units, uh, 800 yeah. apartment units are going to be built on top of the Costco. So right. uh, I wish we kind of had more of that. I'd love to see some of our shopping centers, maybe do some of that yeah, for and sure. have a little bit more density to it. Well, you had commented and I think it was a good comment on how is this the first time that this has happened? I mean, Costco's are such enormous facilities and, and so gosh, they make a great foundation for mixed use yeah. anywhere. Well, and you had mentioned, and we've got the Publix, you know, downtown that for is sure. kind of the same thing. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, this is just such a bigger site, I guess. Oh, uh, for sure. But uh, really interesting stuff there. Hey, uh, restaurant facility business, I was reading through it, and uh, they're reporting Academy Sports and Outdoors 
uh, just thinking about retail and everybody thinking about things being online. But uh, Academy Sports, they're coming out with another uh, – they're planning to open 80 to 100 new stores Amazing. by the end of 2026. Good and uh, That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And actually, you went in at a deep dive. You know, we had talked about, for example, that Dollar General has 19,000 stores. Starbucks has 18,000. But you had some others that were interesting. Well, you know, just Academy, <laughs> to tell you kind of growth-wise, I mean, they have 268 stores uh, as of this uh, this article anyway. Yeah. But, uh, again, a adding another expansion. 80 to 100. Yeah. On top of that, uh, tractor and tractor supply company has over 2,000 locations yeah. out there. Target has almost 2,000, and you think of the size of these, you yeah, know, but yeah. I mean, almost 2,000 targets. And then, uh, Crystal by uh, comparison only has about 300. Uh, you know, now they went through the bankruptcy and are kind of re emerging, and they're really trying to get some growth going. They want to have uh, up to 500, so they're going to be adding or they're getting, you know, trying to basically double. Uh, kind of where they're at in the next five years. So I'm just amazed at uh, the growth and the plans all these people have. Recall that the uh, first new company-owned store of Crystal opened up here, uh, the first one in six years, opened up in Centerpoint, and it was that pure drive through concept, no dine-in. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the next couple hundred units of Crystals will have any dine-in or whether it will be uh, a further variation of those drive through only concepts. But I was really surprised to see, and, and I have seen a lot of new tractors supply companies be built uh here in and around the state but i was surprised to know that there are more of them than targets yeah uh hey another brand I, during this article too that I, I i don't know what it is but i love the name teriyaki madness yeah we need, we need to get one. one of these yeah uh, but they're based in your stomping grounds oh. uh out in denver but they uh they're planning 103 new units oh wow uh, but they're already in louisiana georgia missouri uh so they're kind of in the south anyway yeah. so uh we need to get some of those real estate people get on it well and then curious you said it was louisiana georgia missouri of course denver and then boom massachusetts yeah that's interesting, but uh, I don't know how many how many they have, but 103 units. That's uh, yeah. that's a lot. It seems like to me. Well, for sure, yeah. That's a that's a yeah. And we need to be going. Uh, this is coming up March 8th and 9th. The uh, Gulf Gulf ah, I can't talk Gulf Coast Food and Fuel Expo is coming up in Baton Rouge, but uh, a lot of the Alabama that's the uh, Petroleum and Convenience Marketing oh, for Association sure. okay. people yeah. here in Alabama. A lot of those folks are going to be going uh, down to that, and I would love to go to that sometime. Yeah, I would think we would see a lot a lot of uh, interesting entrepreneurs and enterprises, including probably surely there's a display by Wawa. We could learn more about yeah. them. Uh, the Economic Development Association of Alabama is accepting applications for interns. So if anybody has kids that. Uh, are looking to do that, you get a exposure to all facets, kind of of economic development. It's a 10-week internship, and it's, uh, it is paid. Yeah. So that's good. But check out uh, edaa.org for more information. I hear music. I Who do are too. you? Who I'm Tony you? Truitt, Truitt Insurance and Bonding. If we can help you with your insurance and or bonding needs, we would love to do it. Home and auto, business, and we do a lot of bond work. Well, I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm, LLC. Love to help you out if you're a small business. Uh, if you do some construction-related stuff, give me a shout at 205-313-6360. Did you know? Did you know the word gymnos means naked in Greek, which gives us our word gym or gymnasium, as the ancient Greeks used to exercise naked, and that made me uncomfortable that just reading it. made me uncomfortable hearing it. Uh, mine's Apocalypse Now theme. Martin Sheem's breakdown in, uh, as Captain Benjamin Willard in Apocalypse Now was actually real. Uh, turns out he was fighting with alcoholism. He had a breakdown in a motel room, breaks a mirror, cuts his hand. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola wanted to stop the, the scene, but he said, no, I want to keep doing
doing, and I want to exercise my demons. I've been doing this too often. Hey, did you know the sun's equator circumference is 2,720,984 and a half miles? I did not know that. Good grief. Did you know that Francis Ford Coppola went to UCLA Film School with every member of The Doors, and that's the reason why their songs are seen throughout the movie? Yeah, here's one last one. Uh, walnuts are the only or the oldest known tree food. They date all the way back to 10,000 B.C. Oh, good grief. Well, folks, listen to us all over social media, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out on Buzzsprout, Alabama. We'll share.